down the road, you'd be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the ones you did. So dream, explore, say yes to life. Be inspired to live life as an exciting adventure of discovery. You are listening to the Inspire Possibility Show, and I'm your host, Mark Sussman. Hi, everybody. You're listening to the Inspire Possibility Show, and every week I invite individuals that I consider cutting-edge thought leaders who are visionaries, who, who give us something to think about that perhaps we don't think about all the time or, or we have thought about it and we put it in the back burner, or maybe we've never even heard about it. And I want to ask you something. How many of you have heard of quantum physics? It's a word that, that um, in some circles is very common, and, and for many people they've never really heard the phrase. And so I invited Paul Levy. He's a pioneer and author of, of the book called The Quantum Revelation. And he's also an expert in this idea of what quantum physics is. He's also a Tibetan Buddhist and he started the spiritual center up in Portland, Oregon. And he, it was, it's called the Portland Pama Sabla Buddhist Center. Did I get that right, Paul? Not really, but that was close. Padma Sambhava <laughs> Buddhist Center. Yeah, how do you say it? Padma Sambhava. Padma Sambhava. He was the founder of Tibetan Buddhism. I see, I see. What I what I like is your book, The Quantum Revelation, Radical mm-hmm. Synthesis of Science and Spirituality and Dispelling Watiko. And what I was impressed by was, was the um, comments, like, like Sting called it mind-blowing, and Gene Houston said it was one of the most important books he's ever read. And if I understand correctly, she wrote the foreword to that book? Yeah, yes, yeah, she did. I was really fortunate in that she was kind enough to write the foreword. And how, how did you how did you get the book to, or how did how did that happen? Um, you know, she's been following my work, I guess, for a number of years, and then, you know, she contacted me right when I was finishing up the manuscript, and I I I asked her, oh, would you be willing to look at it? And I sent it to her, and she wrote me back saying, Paul, you've written a masterpiece, and wow. you know, and then she helped me um, get um, connect me with the publisher, and then she, you know, was very happy to write the forward. So it was it was very easy. It was very seamless. And and then I see that that uh, Carolyn Meese said some nice things about the book too. And and how did you how did you what did you tell everybody yeah, who Carolyn been, Meese is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's you know this this medical intuitive, um, you know, and written a number of of incredible books. Um, and um, she you know she's been kind of following my work for a number of years and um you know every now and then she'll write me an email after she'll read something i've written and she really you know whatever i'm a fan of hers and she's a fan of mine so you know i'm just fortunate having people like carolyn you know carolyn meese or gene houston you know really um kind of support my work and staying too 
So so let let's just talk about you say your work. What is what is uh, to backtrack here? What is your work? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, to answer that, I have to create some sort of context in that, you know, I had a spiritual awakening, you know, this life transforming spiritual awakening in 1981 that almost killed me. It was so over the top intense. And, you know, I, I, I can, I'm, you know, I'm happy to go into the story, but in essence, um, what I was beginning to realize was that, oh, we're having a collective dream that this this universe is a shared collective dream that we're all dreaming up moment by moment, but almost, you know, very few of us are actually have awareness of that. So that was really the the foundation of my work. And then I, I actually let, let me just back, wrote a back book. Set, yeah. Yeah. It, it, okay. Is, we talked a little bit about this off air. I always like to know when somebody says they had a spiritual awakening, what was going on? Right. In your, when was this, and what was going on yeah, in your yeah, life? Yeah. Totally. So it was that was 1981 in May of 1981, and I was in intense suffering because I had just graduated college a few years before, and it wound up without going into the story. My father was a really bad guy, a really you know like like this real psychopath, and I'm not you know I'm choosing my words carefully. I'm not I'm not exaggerating in the slightest, and. Being the sensitive only kid, I was tracking his, you know, his darkness, and he unfortunately was acting it out on me, you know, just in in an energetic way. So that's what created the most unbelievable suffering and trauma. Um, and here I was in my mid twenties, and it basically was stopping me from living my life. So I went inwards. I went. I just began watching my mind, and just you know, hours and hours and hours a day for almost two years. And then I got hit by a bolt of lightning. You know, not from the sky, but in my brain, it just this lightning bolt ignited, and that's when I went into such an altered, extreme state. It was like I had a personality change overnight, and within 24 hours, I was thrown in my first, you know, um, hospital, where I was diagnosed as, oh, you have this newly discovered chemical imbalance, and I knew I was having an awakening, and that's what saved me. So probably in the next two years, I was hospitalized, maybe four other times. And every time the doctor said, oh, you're manic depressive, you have this chemical imbalance, you're going to need to take medication. And I'm, I'm, you know, as they're diagnosing me, I'm diagnosing them going, wow, they are incredibly stupid. They have no idea what's happening. And that's what saved me, the fact that it was so obvious, you know, um, that I was having a spiritual awakening inside of my, my own mind. Right. How did, how did you know that... I mean, it was. I guess for you, you're saying no, no, no. I'm having a spiritual awakening, but all well, the okay, agreement I, I, I can answer and that. the medical yeah, establishment was, you know, you yeah, were manic yeah, yeah. depressive no, and, or bipolar. Right, and you know, if we had, if we had a few hours, I could tell you, you know, there were so many incidents that happened that would answer that question. But without going into, into specifics, it all I can say it was it couldn't have been made more clear to me by you know whatever you call it, the archetypal powers of the higher intelligence, that I was having a spiritual awakening. I mean, it was made so clear to me that never for one iota of a second during, you know, that next couple of years, you know, when it was really rough, did I even, did I ever doubt it for a moment? And that's what saved me. So yeah, it just, it couldn't have been more obvious. It was, it was made really clear to me. Let's put it that I way. I mean, were you interested in this topic of, of, spiritual awakening and and uh all this kind what of stuff I, I mean it, you must have been for you to recognize that you were having that yeah well keep in mind at that point i was a young kid i was in my mid-20s and what i was interested in was alleviating my suffering 
because the suffering was so uh, over the top intense from the abuse. So anything that would speak to that, that would help me to diminish my suffering, that's what I was interested in. And, um, yeah, so, you know, and I'm fortunate because so many people have spiritual awakenings, get get diagnosed in a, in a, in a wrong way, and then spend their whole lives just like identifying with the diagnosis or on medication. Right. And I very quickly, I very quickly just extricated myself out of that, that whole scene and, you know, very lucky for me because it would have, it would have killed me. But keep in mind, it destroyed my family. Both my parents died, you know, a number of years later, convinced that, oh, our son is in denial of his mental illness and blah, blah, blah. And it was tragic. That's like sort of the tragic aspect of what happened. So, so what I'm hearing you say to, I mean, your, your uh, advice to, to our listeners is, is, don't necessarily buy into a medical diagnosis. Oh yeah, no. I mean, and there could be, you know, there could be value in, in a medical diagnosis, but particularly in this was in 1981, which was like the Stone Age, right. you know, with reference to phenomena right, right, like right. spiritual awakening. You know, they had it was they it, it was off their radar. They had, you know, they were trained to pathologize. So anybody who had any aberrant, right. abnormal behavior was immediately pathologized and given a diagnosis. And yeah, all that I'm saying is that yeah, there are, there are plenty of cases, you know, and and in indigenous cultures, oftentimes they would recognize when somebody is acting a little bit weird. Quite often, they might be being called by the you know by the spirits to potentially be some sort of healer or teacher or shaman. And so, for you, how did you you have this spiritual awakening? And a few years later, you say you're being called. What happened next? Oh, well, okay. Yeah, no, it wasn't like a few years later I was being called. I mean, I was being called right away. It was clear that there was a calling that I needed to assent to. So what happened when I got out of the last hospital in 82, I was totally traumatized, you know, not only from my father's abuse, but then from the psychiatric abuse, which was horrendous. And so I spent the next, you know, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years, just going to therapy and working with my dreams and making art and wow. doing Buddhist practice and studying the work of depth psychology, you know, um, on and just anything that would speak. Because I knew something really profound was happening, but very few other people seemed to be aware of it back then. So I just, you know, did incredible inner work. And then I think in about 94, so 12, 12 years later, that's when I had the realization, well, I've integrated enough sufficiently. I mean, I'm still a work in progress that I have something to offer people, and it's based on my ordeal, the initiatory ordeal that I went through. And that's when I began to teach and open up my practice, and um, that's what I've been doing since. And, and your practice as, what do you call yourself? Yeah, well, I'm just in private practice. You know, I'm not, I'm not a therapist. I'm just, you know, uh -huh. this, this wounded healer who's helping other people who are awakening to the dreamlike nature. And if you think you're going mad or you think you're awakening, wow, I've been there, done that. I have real expertise in that based on my own experience. And so right. many people these days are going through some form of that. So that's what I mean with my private practice. Uh, so so I guess what I'm curious about is, is, is this, this state, you're, you're saying so many people are going through it now, 
What do you mean by that? What are they going through exactly? Yeah, yeah. Well, if you think about just the state of the world, the, the body politic of the world, you know, the you know, it, it should be noted that we're in the middle of a collective psychosis of titanic proportions, and we're all feeling it. We're all, you know, we're all not separate from the collective field. And because there's such shadow, you know, such darkness and evil that's emerging in the body politic, you know, it's not being hidden. It's like out and it's not even people aren't even trying to hide it. Um, you know, there's so much anxiety and this, you know, sort of this chronic sense of, you know, this despair or depression. But out of that, potentially people can begin to spontaneously have some form of expansion of consciousness. But then the question is, what do you do with that? How do you integrate that? So it's it's actually, you know, I'm pointing at that, that, you know, in the current, you know, political climate with the incredible, like, you know, polarization and darkness that's playing out, you know, it's precipitating and catalyzing so many people to actually begin to awaken. So would you, so I, I guess I'm a little unclear about, are you, I mean, I, I, I think there's more light now than there's ever been. And that, mm-hmm. and that we're on the verge of this awakening, uh, and and that and that what's going on now, it, it I don't think compares to when you think about what the world went through in World War One, World War Two, the Depression, and and I just, I just don't think it's the same. And I think that all these things have helped us wake up. Plus, there's been this movement of 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 uh, of of seeking a lot of seekers and and yet I know mm-hmm. the the politics people get sucked into the politics of of yeah yeah you and know the they make jokes about it and and there's mm-hmm. more media now I mean there's more social media mm-hmm. so it's more mm-hmm. prevalent but I, I down mm-hmm. deep I just think that that we're the world's in a better place. I mean, I, I yeah. Well, well, the and, thing the thing is this is that you know when there's such intense darkness, I mean that's an expression that light is nearby, that there's incredibly strong light, very close. You know because I, you know there can't be a dark shadow without the light that's that's you know that's invoking the shadow. You know the the only question is so yeah I would agree with you and disagree with you in the sense that I feel that what's playing out in World War 1 or World War 2 or you know down the line you know both ways back in the past or up till the present moment that it's all just you know this iteration of the same fractal so on one hand it's not different but I agree with you in that yeah it's also very different right now than it was a number of years ago and the key question for me is has our species have we actually gotten the message are we are we learning you know what we need to learn and you know that's in essence what my work is about i'm pointing out that what's playing out right now in the world it's like it's showing us something it's like like a dream like a dream compensates on one sidedness when you see our our waking life as a dream what's actually playing out is showing us what we need to see in order to wake up and it's all a question do we recognize that you know it's interesting years ago when i first started this path of, of seeking and looking for answers. I read a couple a couple of novels that were um, kind of this idea or what's really a dream and what's really real. And maybe mm-hmm. you know of them. One was called 2150. Does that ring a bell? I, I Actually not. I can't say that it does. And then the other one was called The Kin of Adam. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kid Nevada. Some people, some somebody gave me that book to read, and I read it years yeah, ago. Yeah, totally. And, and this idea of of when when you talk a lot about a dream, tell tell me more about what you mean by this 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 psychosis, this dream psychosis. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, we're we're in the midst of a collective psychosis. I mean, that that's indisputable. Um, you know, and what I'm pointing at when I talk about this being a dream, I'm not speaking in a metaphorical sense. I'm saying, no, this is a dream. This just like in a night dream where if you don't recognize the nature of your situation, you're going to think that the dream is objective and solid and separate and you're just reacting to something that's objective. But then if you have like, you know, if you actually have the realization of that you're dreaming and have lucidity, you recognize, oh, wow, the dream universe is actually a reflection of my own energy. It's actually a reflection of my own mind. I'm actually inside of my psyche. And I'm talking about that that realization is available to us right now in the waking dream. And then when we have that lucidity, you know, that helps us individually like so enormously. But, the, you know, what I'm really talking about, uh, talking about is when you connect with other people who are also having that realization and you're able to put, you know, that understanding together, th- that's evolutionary because what you're able to do then is actually change the course of the dream when you connect with other people who are also awakening to the dreamlike nature. And that's what my work is about in essence. So again, this is you. You talk about the the dreamlike nature. What again? I don't mean to you know keep going over this, but what do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, sure. what do you no, mean? No, by it's the a great question. Nature? Yeah, yeah. Right. It's so obvious to me, but no, I appreciate it. And you know, just like you have a dream at night and you wake up and you contemplate the dream and yeah. all you know, all the dream characters, they're in, they're embodied aspects of parts of yourself. We're 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 dream characters for each other. We're actually these these reflective, you know, embodied aspects of parts of ourselves. But it's even more than that. I mean, one way of understanding it, if you're in a dream at night and you hold a point of view in the dream, the the dream being nothing other than your own mind has no choice but to you know, to to actually to give you the evidence and reflect back all the proof you need to confirm your point of view because it's just you're looking in a mirror. And then as soon as you get the evidence, you become more entranced in that viewpoint. And the more fixed in that viewpoint you become, the more the dream will, will you know, give you the reflection, supplying the evidence of the truth of that viewpoint ad infinitum. And that's a feedback loop who sources your own mind. And basically you've hypnotized yourselves if you don't, if you don't see that process. And I'm pointing at, and, and this is where quantum physics comes in, that's the nature of our situation in, in the waking dream that we, through this, this incredible creative power that we have to co-create reality, um, because we're not awake to it consciously, it, it turns against us and we're killing ourselves. We're imprisoning ourselves through the, the genius of our own mind where if we actually were to wake up to our incredible creative power that we all have, then we're able to be actually, pro, you know, we're, we're able to create our, our waking dream in a way that's in alignment with who we're discovering ourselves to be. So, so are, is this what um, your books are about? Kind of this dream. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is dream? exactly what my books. This is exactly what my book on Watiko on quantum physics is about. This is exactly it. That we have this incredible creative power, and we have it twenty four seven. But because we're not awake to it, it's being turned against us in a way that's killing us. 
you know. Right. And um, but what I'm pointing out is that wait a second, quantum physics is actually showing us this. That's why I wrote a book. My recent book is on quantum physics. I'm pointing out that quantum physics is like this. Tell, this tell treasure. us the name like, of the book again, Paul. Tell us yeah, the name of the called, book again. Um, how people can get it. Revelation: The Quantum Revelation, a radical synthesis of science and spirituality. Okay, the quantum. Yeah, so. So that's the name of the book, and and it's basically pointing out that quantum physics is like a spiritual treasure. It's like revealing to us the very thing we need to know to wake up and to heal the collective psychosis. It's like showing us that by the act of observing this universe moment by moment, we're actually influencing the universe that we're observing, which is to say the act of observation is creative, that we have this incredible creative power, but we've hypnotized ourselves by it, thinking that we're disempowered. And that's where just in our own lives, we, you know, we're like in this, like, you know, really kind of, um, you know, kind of smaller state than, than our nature. And when that gets, you know, when that gets collectively, um, you know, sort of in the world, you know, kind of played out, then the evidence is all around us to how that, you know, that becomes the collective psychosis. Yeah. So, so, so you know, I'm just pointing out that. Here. Okay. Yeah. You know, one thing I think I told you off air is I've I've heard the phrase quantum physics for forever because I've been, you know, into this kind of stuff, but. Mm-hmm. But ask me to explain what it means. I can't do that. <laughs> so it's right. So what? 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 I mean, how did this term all of a sudden? There's physics, and then all of a sudden, you're on a spiritual path, and you hear you start hearing the term quantum physics. So what? What is? Yeah, sure. How does so, that no, differ I can answer from that. regular physics? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and sure. So quantum physics started about 100, 100 years ago is when it got discovered or invented, depending on your point of view. And before quantum physics, there was the, just like the pre-quantum physics, um, you know, which was just a Newtonian physics, this this classical physics that thought there was an objective universe and we were separate from it, and we were just trying to understand it. Now, quantum physics proved, empirically proved beyond a shadow of a doubt, that that objective universe didn't even exist. There's no such thing. That's all just an idea in our mind, that quantum physics proved that the act of observing the universe actually influences the universe observed. And that, by the way, is exactly like a dream. And that's the rabbit hole that I go down through all the way, you know, in the whole book, because that unlocks what quantum physics is really, you know, so let me, trying let to me show see us. If I, yeah, let me see if I got this. So what you're saying okay. is physics is the idea that there's an objective reality. Not physics. That we, that, that, that's sure. the pre-quantum. That was the pre-quantum physics understanding. They figured, oh, uh-huh. yeah, we figured just about everything out, out except for a few details and a few decimal points with our equations. But there is this objective world out there, and we're just separate from it, and we're trying to understand it. That that's the and, pre-quantum and what physics. quantum physics does comes along and says, hey, you know, our thoughts really change this reality we perceive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely a very good way of saying it, that our thoughts or the way we observe or the meaning we place on things or how we interpret data or our point of view actually has a creative effect on our experience of ourselves 
and our experience of the world. And that's groundbreaking because one image in quantum physics, they say, yeah, it's like the, the, the carpet got pulled out and there was no floor to stand. All of a sudden, what all the pre-quantum physicists were thinking of as being this world, this objective world, quantum physics is saying, no, 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 that doesn't even exist. Aha. Uh-huh. And so in your books, in, in your latest book, you really go into that and kind of explain all of this. Yeah, yeah, that's what the whole, that's what the whole, the whole book is about. And, like, and what that's pointing at is the incredible creative power that each and every one of us have. And this is what every spiritual tradition is talking about. So I'm pointing out that quantum physics is like the modern-day spiritual tradition. It's a modern-day, like, spiritual path interestingly, through the realm of science, which is like the modern-day, this, this wisdom tradition. Right. So, so what you're saying is in the old, the old reality of, of physics, it's more of a scientific model, where with the quantum physics, you're starting to emerge the metaphysical, the spiritual, in terms of this, this unified field. More or less. Right. To say the pre quantum physics was a scientific model, yeah, it was very it was this this deterministic, this this mechanistic, reductive point of view where quantum physics is basically the physics of the dream. It's the physics of the dream like nature. It's actually showing us the you know, that this is, you know, some sort of collective dream. And that's in essence what my book is about. And that's, you know, People should be on the rooftop screaming that quantum physics has is now in the world and in our minds um, because it's such a game changer. I mean, it's the solution. It's the medicine to the world crisis. That's what I'm trying to point out to people, that we're killing ourselves. We're, we're, we're actually participating in our own collective suicide and being a spiritual treasure. We've dreamed up quantum physics to, to be the medicine to help us awaken and that's what my book is about, is trying to point that out to people. Right. So how do, how do people, when I asked you before, how do people uh, get a hold of your book? Yeah, they, they can just go, go to, you know, any, I'm hoping in, it's in bookstore, you know, the bookstore near wherever they're at, but also they can go to, you know, uh, online to, the, to, you know, to Amazon. They can go to my website, um, awakeninthedream.com. Um, and you know, I can I'll send out autograph copies. And and the thing to realize too, I'm not a physicist. I'm just a very curious person. And all the quantum physicists were saying, I mean, the founding fathers were saying, Albert Einstein himself was saying, quantum physics is so uncommonly important, it should be everyone's concern. And they're all saying they're all saying the same thing. This is like the most you know mind blowing, game changing you know insight that it's being called the greatest discovery ever in all of history in the realm of science. That's how wow. big it is. And, you know, and I'm not, that's not my words. That's like every quantum physicist is in agreement with that. What they can't figure out is what does it mean? And that's where I come in. I'm just saying, well, by the way, for somebody in touch with the dreamlike nature of reality, quantum physics is the physics of the dreamlike nature of reality. It's revealing the dreamlike nature of reality. That's what it's doing. So, quite profound, and, and obviously Gene Houston and Carol Meese felt that way and wrote what they did. Um, what right now, I like to ask all my guests, because the show is yeah. the Inspire Possibility show, what, what inspires you right now? 
Yeah, well, what inspires me is is really quantum physics because I the one thing I forgot to say is that quantum physics is exploding the realm of the possible. It's it's basically pointing out that what we conceived of as being impossible that 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 there might not be you know that 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 demarcation point of what's impossible might be way way farther out than we had previously imagined. And, you know, and quantum physics is, is showing us that again and again. And that's unbelievably inspiring, you know, for someone like me who really is, is trying to, you know, whatever, trying to be of help in the world. So, yeah, I would say, you know, to answer your question, the fact that quantum physics actually exists is, is enough inspiration for me. And, and, you know, you mentioned about expanding what's possible. Um, mm-hmm. You want to take a wild guess about what that could be? Yeah, I I would take a wild guess in saying quantum physics is saying, even though it's ridiculously unlikely that our species might actually have this collective awakening and wake up and avert catastrophe, quantum physics is saying that's in the realm of the possible, and that could be the reality that we step into. And so that's, you know, I would like to invest my, my imagination in that possibility. All right. Well, Paul, you uh you're on fire here. You got well, the, well, thank you got you. the quatinium going for you. Well, thank you. No, I just really appreciate your invitation to you know, to hang out and talk. Yeah, well it's fun and, and uh I always um enjoy getting getting to know uh kindred souls, kindred spirits. I kind of you know, sometimes I wonder what we're all doing. And I like I like to think that we're you know gathering our tribes of, of kindred souls by reaching yeah, out, yeah, yeah. opening ourselves that, up to and allowing right, people and, to come and, in. And the whole thing with gathering our tribe—that's the idea in Tibetan Buddhism, having the community, having the sangha. That that's one of the major supports for awakening is connecting with other people who are also awakening. Because you know it's not a competitive sport. No, we can all support it. We can support each other's awakening. Wow, so we're it went quick, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I know. It I can't believe quick, it. Half an hour, you know, is for sure. We're we're we, we we're just about done. And I want to again thank you for saying yes to being on my show and for all the work you're doing. And uh, we can continue this conversation another time and and sure. deeper. And well, I don't that know. That sounds great, Mark. I just did, so... but yeah, yeah. No, I just appreciate <laughs> it for sure. Yeah. Totally. So thank you so much. And um, in the meantime, to all you out there, next week we're going to have another amazing person bless us and join us. And in the meantime, journey on. Thanks for listening. I hope you feel inspired to take the next step in your life. And if you haven't already, please take the time to visit my website at inspirepossibility.com and discover the various services and products we offer that could just very well change your life.